podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Andy, I'm just a man. You are just a man. And that's the perfect way to intro this podcast. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. And I'm Andrew Secunda. I love Star Trek. I've watched all of it. Andrew skipped this series, which is why we're going through them one by one. And love the original, though. He's forcing me. Love many of the movies. To sit through season one with him. <laughs> that is... And in many ways, Andy feels like I'm forcing him to sit through season one. <laughs> I don't remember the original Star Trek episode that had the two versions of the same guy fighting in a uh, void, <laughs> but uh, that's who we are, I think, <laughs> on this podcast, uh, just blaming each other eternally. Uh, and I think there's going to be some heavy blame cast about in this episode, guys. This ep- this episode, When the Bow Breaks, is the best title for a Star Trek episode <laughs> with the worst execution. Yeah. It's it's, listen, it's no last week, I'll tell you that much. It's no too short a season. I don't know. There is There's nothing as, as much bad. talking, sure. but it, I felt a little better about this episode than the last episode. Don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. So, <sighs> Andy. Yeah. The votes are coming in hot and heavy. I don't think we should uh, address it until it's done. Well, I mean, it'll be done by the time they hear this. And give, I know, but are you saying we should make the call? <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm telling them where we're at and why we're still doing the emails at the top. Oh, I see. Yeah, we're taping in the middle of the week. We're taping in the middle of the week. Both going to New York. Uh-huh. I'd like to say we were going for a... We're going to do a live show. Just kidding. We're not. You know, you guys are going to have to organize all that, not us. <laughs> Please book us somewhere and tell us where we are. As far as we know, we're the only two people that care about this. Um, but uh, right now, here's how it breaks down with the fight. And not to mention, and in the next podcast, I'll read just lots of very passionate and aggressive uh, stances in both directions. Oh my God, really? But I got to say, 53% say hails at the beginning, 24% say hails at the end, 13% say beginning but shorter, 10% say end but shorter. So that basically is like uh, 66 say at the beginning uh-huh. and 34 at the end. Well then, I think that's a that's a big majority. Yeah. That's more of a majority than Hillary Clinton had in the popular vote. Is that true? She won by three million votes. Yeah, it's a lot of people, though. Yeah, but I mean, if you exponentially multiply our listeners by millions, are you suggesting that uh, by that by that comparison that this vote should be ignored? <laughs> <laughs> I'm suggesting that there's still time, and uh, you know, there's a lot you can do at home. Uh, get involved at a local level. I don't think that's with your true. Star Trek podcast. <laughs> by the time they hear this, the the votes vote will be, be over. I, I understand. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It sounds like a rallying cry, but it's not. The battle has already been lost. <laughs> um, the battle uh, for Aldea. Yeah. So, Andy. Yes. I think because 
of the way that it is right now, okay. the way the voting is, I think we're going to have to go ahead and open those hailing frequencies. Oh, are we? Right? I, f- I would feel like we leave it at the end, and then, uh, but I guess it doesn't no. make a difference. Might as well. Unless you're absolutely not ready for that, then we can... No, I can do it, but uh, just first, would you, Matt Myra, recommend that uh, people watch this? I would say skip it. Skip it. Says skip Matt Myra. It. Skip it. Skip it. Remember, skip it. Tap, tap, and we are being hailed. You know All right. What, you know what I forgot? What? While you're doing such a great job over there with your sounds, I forgot to bring us up to the Enterprise. Oh, you're right. With some ambient fun. We're just nowhere right now. Has anyone. I feel like people like it. Uh, no, uh, I uh, without question, people like it. Great. Yeah. I mean, we can do a poll, but it's uh, the at least we go by the the random Twitter comment and <laughs> and the comments and the emails. People are totally on board with. Thank the you, sounds. everyone, for agreeing with us that it is a pleasant sound, and Andy sleeps through it every night. I really do. Although I will not to not to downgrade the uh, uh, Chris Knife's uh, wonderful sound, but uh, I did turn on my air conditioner before, and I was like, huh. <laughs> similar to the air conditioner sure it was mixed in somewhere yeah but your temperature regulation is going to be that's true you can't just turn on the air conditioner and the hum is definitely more satisfying well here we are guys we're back on the enterprise so nice now that the hailing frequencies are open andy hit us what's the first email alicia endress uh tweeted at us uh too short a season really felt like a bad original series episode was it a repurposed script Oh, great question. The answer is no. It was very similar, at least in terms of theme, to the deadly years where Kirk gets old and McCoy gets old. And I remembered... um, How was their old acting? Shatner's had to be right up there. You know, I didn't pull it up, and I should have, and I, you know, you can try and do it if if you want to do it. The, uh, the, uh, The thing that I really wanted to compare was McCoy is also old. Yes, you want to see he, how he played it. He does a southern accent. I remember him saying, I'm just an old country doctor. The same as same voice as he does. So I think you were right point. that he does go, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm not trying. I'm just going to be me. But how amazing. And I wonder, I'd like to think it was DeForest Kelly's choice, but it also would be satisfying if it was a, a writer's choice. That it's like, no, that's what he's like. And then they remembered it in Farpoint. It's really nice. Oh, that's a good that's a good call. I wonder. Nice, nice canon consistency. Totally canonical. Hi, Andy and Matt. In too short a season, do they ever really explain what the title means? Most episodes seem to have a very clear or at least clever title. Not so with this one. The title makes me think about it's about baseball or a planet suffering from drought. Um, not a disgruntled animal. Uh, admiral. <laughs> animal. What do you think? I think a too short a season is that man's life right uh-huh the season like the season of his life and it was too it short. was too short for him for him hence him trying to go back and but you know it's interesting board a ship i mean that is drawn so thinly in that episode <laughs> they put almost like i don't know if they were like getting paid by the word like of dialogue but you know what's crazy is they had all that dialogue and none of it addressed the question that are uh, that are from oh, you know what I didn't say oh it's Matt Matt and Anaheim sent us that uh, Matt and Anaheim addresses it's like there's nothing in there about him feeling like his life is too short other than a little bit 
um, that he wants to go down and kick some ass. But that, <laughs> he does. Much. He really does want to go kick some ass. Anyway, he also says uh, enjoying each podcast, which is kind of an interesting way of framing it. Well, I think he's going through them. I've I've discovered looking at our statistics that I think people are handpicking which episodes they're listening to. Oh, interesting. Based on, from what I can tell, how much they enjoy the episode of Star Trek. You know, I would take another look at that unless you know that the ones, because I feel like when I looked at those those things, uh-huh. it seemed like it was high on a lot of terrible episodes, but maybe that's just our opinion. Oh, that's a good question. But I think it's recognizable titles like Hide and Q and right. Data Lore yeah. are popular episodes. Right. So you're saying we're we're forever going to be trapped i think we're trapped right i think once we hit the third season the show is going to be gangbusters look out ira glass (laughs) (laughs) divorced this week i think oh that's a shame uh somebody else got divorced too what if he didn't get divorced and you just said that uh yeah well you know what (laughs) think about it ira It's working out great for me. <laughs> like I'm sad all the time. Oh. Oh, Next. brought the podcast all sad. Next hail. Robert Ryan, uh, I think. Rinny. Uh, I'm sorry, Rob. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I came by you through Talk Salad. Kevin Smith was the only podcaster I've ever followed. You guys have changed that. I oh. like the absence of format. What, you have, what you're doing <laughs> is very meta. As TNG matures, so does your podcast. I expect as TNG changes, so will your format. And you, I did wonder. You're not wrong. I did wonder what will happen when the, every episode becomes amazing. And we'll find out. That never happens. Oh, really? No. They don't have like a season where it's constant home runs. Oh, well, no. But on par, they... Right. You're not telling me that it doesn't eventually become awesome, are you? No, I'm I don't you know what we're doing. I'm telling you that eventually there's a lot of awesome episodes. Okay. But there are some... The worst episode of the series is in season seven. Two of the worst episodes <gasps> of the series are in season seven. Really? What are we going to do? We already ranked t- titles a one. By the way, I was we thinking... We still of- have that, 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 that coveted one half Andy. Oh, interesting. I would have th- I would have thought differently last also, week. Also, no Andes. Why don't we call no Andes... Uh, the Gene Roddenberry's Lawyer Award. (laughs) (laughs) The person who knew nothing about creativity or television was pushing his way around and ruined everything. Or was uh, had a hand in ruining everything. All right, Iverson's Disease. Guys, I love your podcast. This is from Zachary Hill. Uh, Though I think you were a bit harsh on Admiral Mark Johnson... I think his name yes, was Jameson is, Hill. Well, okay, fine. Oh, was it Johnson? No, it was Jameson. You're right. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, voice when he's old. Dr. Crusher says uh, Iversons affect the body, not the mind. So maybe his voice was actually just the effects of Iverson's disease. Wait, just did we just get called out to being insensitive to a fictional disease? <laughs> no, I think he's saying we were called out for being insensitive to the actor. He had a line in there about us laughing about the performance. So. Oh. That I trimmed up. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't it? The I director mean, could have said... Yes, I agree with that. Uh, Rob Bowman was clearly... was It was stated that he was excited about this I think there's a lot of complacency happening. Right. Um, but nonetheless, I think that it is, it is valid that Iverson's... And I got that actually in another uh, email. That, two people. Uh, two people were said... Were worried about the effects of Iverson disease. I... <laughs> no, they weren't worried about Iverson's disease. Two people are concerned. Should we... 
Guys, I why didn't the crew step in more? We're opening up a donations page. <laughs> Help us fight Iverson's is disease. That, is that the way it would finally be acceptable for us to ask yes. for donations? We, if we were fighting a, a we future, a mythical future every, disease. Every time, here's the deal. Andy wants to ask for donations. I have been uh, trepidatious uh, about it. I not want to dip my toe in that water. Yeah. Uh, we do it on Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure because it's an IVF podcast. And it, well, what if Matt and I want to have a baby? Okay. First of all, <laughs> back burner. Not saying no. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be very funny. Look, something not, something's not working in the but other be, couple. It would be very I'm funny. very virile. It would be very funny if we had a donations page, made up fake causes. <laughs> like if we were like, we are we're asking to raise money right now. We're trying to rebuild Aldea. Sure. Uh, their defense shield recently went down. Like at the end of the episode, we're trying to raise money for whatever the cause is. Yeah. Retnox for uh, <laughs> Retnox Five <laughs> for for Kirk. He's see. allergic. Oh, he's allergic. That's right. You can't so have for it to fight his allergy. Then said he's got these pretty cool glasses. Yeah, I guess so. Those are pretty nice. How much did he get for those? Two hundred dollars. Oh, did he sell them? And then it's like it's a lot. In in Star Trek Four, he sells them. He pawns them at a pawn shop in oh, San Francisco. I Oh, and only got two hundred. I got two hundred dollars, and he goes, "Is that a lot?" And then the guy goes, hmm. <laughs> "I gotta watch Star Trek Four again. Should I just wait until we review it?" Sure. All right. I may watch it before then. Honestly, some worthless trivia for you. I love um, worthless trivia. Bring it. Jeff Lucian and Elma Washington. Worf's promotional ceremony that Matt mentions takes place on a three-master rigged ship. Ship. The, the ship is Lady Washington, a replica of the Columbia Rediviva. Built in 1773, the first ship to circumnavigate the globe. The Lady Washington's home is a home port is in Aberdeen, Washington. Aberdeen, Matt, this is for you, is the birthplace of uh, Nirvana and their left-handed guitarist and frontman <laughs> Kurt Cobain. I really didn't give this you This is for clues. you. <laughs> I really, really put him on the spot without much information. The ship was also the interceptor in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I would, uh, I would have said Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. I have weird things. I think you go to the Caribbean, Caribbean. and you ride Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I have no stance on that. Do you think that's. Let's just hear. No, what? I'm Andy. What are you looking up? I'm, I'm making a up joke. The pronunciation is that uh, they're both either way. Both but accurate. you always say Pirates of the Caribbean. Like you always hear it said like that, right? And then when you actually talk about the place, it's the Caribbean. Okay, good. That's what I'm saying. I say so many words wrong, which is really a, f- a fine skill for a podcaster. <laughs> I mean, it is weird. Your name is actually Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy Facunda. <laughs> That's what I'm called often um, on Goldberg's um, in many characters. Uh, keep an eye out for the characters uh, that are bastardizations of my name. Too short a learning disability. Ah. Uh, dear Matt and Andy, I'm writing to comment on Andy's long-running theory that Dr. Crusher has a learning disability. While there is much evidence to support said theory, I believe Beverly works under the miracle worker method. In the original series, Scotty would always claim that a job would take three times longer than it would or was even possible. Matt is currently holding up a uh, a working Gandalf pipe. That is the thing that caught my eye the most was that it says functional replica pipe. 
Yep. Andy has the pipe of Gandalf. That's right. Uh, from the Hobbit series. They did not make this for Lord of the Rings. They made it for the Hobbit movie. Well, I would have gotten the Bilbo pipe, but the Bilbo pipe actually really didn't remind me of the original Rankin-Bass uh, Hobbit. Uh-huh. And where the Gandalf pipe really did remind me of his pipe in uh, the Ralph Bakshi. So Gandalf's in in Version. the uh, in the Hobbit? Sure. He's a major character. Is he in all three of them? Did they make three of them? It was only them? one book. Uh, they made three movies because yeah. they were and he's in they were looking for a quick buck. He's in all three. He's in all three. But he's older. He's younger. It's a prequel. I know. But he, is, he looks older. There's no hiding it. Hmm. I don't know what to do about that. Well, you know, Gandalf had a really long road, and he's not really human, and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Oh, okay. Thanks, Andy. But uh, he should have looked younger, in fairness. Um, anyway. Remember when they de-aged him for X-Men 2, X-Men United? Uh, him yeah, and him and Patrick Stewart, they show up at um, someone's house, uh, and they're, it's the first time I saw de-aging happening with CG. It's not the Quicksilver scene. And it looks very it? cool. Yeah, isn't it? Maybe. I think so. Best best use of a speedster in a movie to uh, date. Oh, no. No. Uh-oh, here no. we go. No, no, no. It's not Quicksilver they're going to see. Oh, okay. It's not... You're thinking of First Class. Oh, yeah, that is. No. Uh, Days of Future Past? Days of Future Past. Yes, that's what it is. Yes, when he's in the Pentagon? Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, they're going to break out Magneto. Yeah, isn't he in a is that prison the in the Pentagon? Oh, maybe. Isn't that where he is? Yeah, maybe. Guys... We are talking about <laughs> too many nerdy franchises. It involves so, Patrick Stewart. It's it's uh, in fairness, it also connected. involves aging. It's true. We're talking about too short a season. So, <laughs> Andy, what's the next email? You you kind of wish it was uh, at the end now, don't you, folks? Uh, I believe that the. I just want to finish this up. I believe the doctor performs her duties in the same way, so she can appear to pull off amazing heroics like Scotty. Oh, I see. So she quotes uh, times that are incorrect just to appear as though she's a miracle worker. Yeah. I like uh, it. It actually could be cold, calculated intent. Perhaps being a sociopath is hereditary. That's from Chris in Detroit. Uh, and here's another comment on it. The Crushers and Andy's Theory. My, my name is Ar- Arlen Harlow. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Arlen Harrow. And I have a counter theory about the Crushers in response to Andy's. Um, while I 100% uh, agree Wesley is clearly a young Moriarty pretending to be Sherlock, I disagree that Beverly has learning disorder. We follow uh, If we follow Sherlock writing conventions, Beverly is most likely an evil version of Mycroft. There's even precedent in Doyle's work. Mycroft would often play dumb or appear slow to get what he wanted. I posit that Beverly not only knows her son is evil, but plays dumb or oblivious to nurture Wesley's genius. It also explains how she was able to become uh, the head of Starfleet Medical. Uh, Is that true? She's the head of Starfleet Medical? I don't remember that part. Buckle up for next season, buddy. Um, Oh, it's a... Oh, man. Thanks for the spoiler, Arlen. Also, um, at the end of Nemesis... She is reporting to her duty as head of Starfleet. I would know that. Even uh, Beverly not fixing the drunkenness in a previous episode could be her putting pressure on the crew to determine their weaknesses. (laughs) Enjoyed that. Um, I do (laughs) to then share that information with Wesley. (laughs) Yeah. Idea for a new segment. Um, Hi, Matt and Andy. First of all, love the podcast. Also enjoy TNG. And listening to you lovingly pick the episodes apart just warms my heart. Andy's starting to sell me on Wesley is actually an evil genius. Uh, for any annoying moments in an episode, what about a Shut Up Wesley Award? 
it could be fun to hear Picard say, shut up, Wesley, from time to time. That's from Rebecca. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, I'm going to save her name hey Matt and Andy within the span of five days I've discovered become addicted to and caught the first 13 episodes of the podcast uh-huh. I was an original series purist for a long time and I decided to give TNG a try last year since you guys seem to like Chief O'Brien quite a bit I thought you'd appreciate the origin of my name my first name is a compromise between a traditional mother and a Trekkie father who hated the name Clara until my parents discovered a version that was pronounced and spelled more modernly and nerdily, Kira. Oh, See how quickly Kira you guys make the connection. Uh, no. Oh. I mean, yes, but uh, let's see how quickly you guys make the connection between that and my last name, O'Brien. Kira O'Brien, Matt. No, Kira Norris and, and, and Miles O'Brien. Keiko it, is his wife. What she is telling us oh, is that... She is named after Kira. She's she said, gone with the Kira isn't the, ch- isn't the second child named Kira, Kira, Kira Yashi O'Brien? They have a second kid? Apparently. Oh, Deep Space Nine. I got to follow you back up. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't say this. This was my own research. So, Wow. wow. I don't know. Whatever. Send in a, send in a correction if, if, uh, if I'm off there. No, you're, I think you're, you're, you looked it up. You looked it up, but you're right. Uh, going back to... Uh, to uh one one zero zero one zero zero one um from memory guys <laughs> i did it uh, unless i was wrong um the uh where is it chris reynolds uh sent us uh i too was expecting binars the binars password to be minuet or a binary translation of the name the reality is far less satisfying it translates to e accent capital e with an accent mark with what a missed opportunity it's from chris in detroit well, they have that kid in season five. That's how forgettable that child is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kira. Um, you're still part of canon, Kira. <laughs> um, okay, Matt's request. Prime corrective scene. Uh, I heard in a previous episode that Matt wanted me to add a Riker-style trombone to my theme song for Prime <laughs> Corrective. So I did that. Here it is. Um uh, Matt might even be delighted here. He even included one of Riker's mistakes at the end just for fun, since they often have how Riker has trouble with some notes. Oh, what's happening? Time for retrospectives. Truth is our objective. <laughs> it's a because Matt Mandy got it wrong. Uh, it's worth it. it. It's all worth it. <laughs> and then I'd go to the uh, to uh, a prime corrective from a few episodes back, uh, which was in Angel One. I don't know if I said this or not. Um, Larry Levine uh, suggested maybe I didn't. He says, uh, I can't believe that two guys who write for a TV show about the 80s nostalgia didn't mention that Ariel, the one who pr- betrayed Beata, the elected one, was paid, played by Patricia McPherson. Yes. Bonnie from Knight Rider. We did completely blow it we did totally Andy has face blindness blindness, so that's not me (laughs) and I had uh, just a just a blindness from the white rage I was experiencing while watching the episode Bonnie always wears a bun most of the time or does she no she always wears a jumpsuit she always wears a jumpsuit she wears a jumpsuit she hangs out in the truck she fixes kid she just looks different okay she somehow upgrades his memory with uh, five and a quarter inch floppy disks that contain three megabytes of data I just don't know how it's happening (laughs) 
He says, I'll be listening till I'm old and gray, and you're talking about the fourth season of Star Trek Enterprise. Keep it going. <laughs> and that's... Great. It. That is a clear and concise email situation. Andy, you did a great job. Thank you. You did a great job leading that segment. <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. Let's get into it, pal. Well, guys, let's buckle the fuck up, because we are taking a journey deep into the galaxy to a let's call it the atlantis of space sure because that's what they call it uh-huh. uh oh wait we didn't do uh the this day in star trek history we do that when i tell you when it aired my friend uh, i don't i don't know what i'm doing it's okay we've only done 14 of these they're not <laughs> it's not like you know we've done a hundred it's still a it's still a it's a it's a show that grows and 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 flails and, and regresses sometimes. It is. Many would say it's like a child. So yeah. we're talking about episode one one eight. When the bow breaks, Andy. This episode aired the week of February fifteenth, nineteen hundred and eighty eight. Matt, U.S. radios were tuned to Seasons Change by Exposé. Oh, were they ever? U.K. listeners were uh, still still listening to I Should Be So Lucky by Kylie Minogue, which we heard last week. Uh, phys- physicist Richard Feynman died, um, who would have a shuttlecraft named after him three years later in TNG Season 4's The Nth Degree. He was 68. Uh, the Nth Degree is a great episode. Uh, Bob Dole and George H.W. Bush sparred at the New Hampshire Republican debate while Michael Dukakis... <laughs> it's so funny to be talking about this with that music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Dukakis led the Democratic field as the presumptive nominee. The 1988 Winter Olympics were taking place in Calgary, Alberta. This marked the debut of the Jamaican bobsled team that would eventually be immortalized in 1993's Cool Runnings. Time Magazine, Volume 13, Number 7, featured U.S. figure skater Debbie Thomas on the cover with the caption, Can America's Sweetheart Dethrone East Germany's Katarina Witt? Cult Classic Hairspray debuted at the box office. Gotta tell you, hate this song. It's not a great song. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, beautiful singing. Uh, wonderful composition. Uh, melody's not for me. It's Kevin S with that expose. <laughs> I'm just in case they're listening. <laughs> you don't know. Ah, just gotta sit down and enjoy my favorite podcast. What the <laughs> hell? Are you taking a shot at she, expose? She gathers the kids around. She's like, I know the next episode airs the week that we were number one. <laughs> Let's just hear. <laughs> Okay, this was Stardate 41509.1, directed by Kern Manners, written by Hannah Louise Shearer. The episode, When the Bow Breaks. I will read the plot summary for all of us. The Enterprise stumbles across the planet Aldea, a world completely cloaked from outsiders by a powerful force shield. But the find is no accident. The seemingly friendly Aldean kidnaps seven youngsters, including Wesley, from the ship to perpetrate, uh, sorry, perpetrate, <laughs> to perpetuate their race. Parents begin to panic as all attempts and negotiations fail. The Aldeans, convinced they are 
permanently sterile, stubbornly offer only to trade for the children. As a show of force, their defense system knocks the Enterprise three days' distance with one bolt. But there, Wesley finds holes in the Aldeans' technology. Their age-old custodian supercomputer shows wear and tear, and no one knows how to maintain it. Uh, A secret scan by his mother shows the race is dying from radiation poisoning due to an ozone leak caused by their shield. Uh, It's not an ozone leak. There is no ozone layer. There's no protection because the shield is up. Uh, When Wesley organizes a hunger strike, Picard and Dr. Crusher are asked down to the planet for help. Riker and Data use this opportunity to secretly beam into the computer center. And backed with the control of the cloaking shield, the Enterprise crew is finally able to convince the Aldeans of the nature of their true problem. Picard pledges the United Federation of Planet Aid to help them regain their ecology and their health. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened, all right. (laughs) Uh, So, let's uh, dig in. Yeah. I have to say, okay. This episode from the start started very promising to me. I was about to say. I was just like, "Oh, this seems fun." Yeah. It starts very differently. You're hearing upbeat music, you're seeing a happy Riker. Let's uh let's take a gander with our ears. Let's have an ear gander, shall we? Commander Riker, report to the bridge. On the way. Harry, Harry, come back here. Hip checked that Harry. It's your hurry, Harry. Sorry, Commander. I was just... Harry! It's Home Alone music. I'm sorry if he bothered you. No bother, Dr. Bernard. I'm not going back. I hate that teacher and I hate calculus. Everyone needs an understanding of basic calculus, whether they like it or not. Why? wonder who the mean calculus teacher is. That's a great question, by the way. Why? <laughs> Why does he Why need calculus? calculus? Seems like he would have more advanced... He'd have space calculus or future well, he's calculus also a, or something. He's also a child already learning in calculus. Which well, is, I'm sure which they're is, very advanced. That's how it goes sure in the future. Figure, yeah. uh, this is, he's an oceanographer. The doctor. The father. The father of Harry. Right. Which lends credence to the fact that on deck eight... I think deck eight, maybe deck nine. It's in the blueprints. There are tanks on board the Enterprise. In case they have to beam up a whale. Full of dolphins. <gasps> to talk to creatures in the, that only talk dolphin? Yes, and to help with ship's navigation. <gasps> because dolphins uh, are used to navigating in 3D environments and humans aren't. Is so is that been are, confirmed or that is it's it's that is it's my favorite canonical. thing ever it's canonical it's canonical it's, I mean, been established. It's, in the, it's in the it's in the it's in the blueprints oh my god that's amazing there are <laughs> presumably uh federation dolphins that wear uniforms <laughs> i don't think it's cool to brand them joe i'm not uh <laughs> It's, I'm trying to like look it up uh, to show you, Andy. Uh, is this a lie? You're just going to show me a bullshit thing that somebody's made up? Uh, no, no, no. This is so. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. I don't know why it makes me so happy that there are dolphins swimming around on the. Here's ship. a here's a rendering of what what a non-humanoid species dolphin would look like. I feel like I'm about to look at a children's book. No, 
Wait, what is that? That's the uniform. It's an ensign. Is that a joke? No. It's because of... Dolphins are small. Uh, so this is in a, in a, in a, in a space in a space suit. Wait, what are they doing with that one? The EVA suit? I mean, it's heading outside. <laughs> They're sending the dolphin into space? They evolve along with humans on the planet Earth. Although for much of human history, dolphin sentience was unrecognized. Dolphins are peaceful, intelligent, curious, and friendly. They are aquatic beings spending their entire lives in water, although they breathe air. They possess a form of sonar, which can reliably sense an object's size, shape, texture, and density up to 20 meters away. Since they have no appendages suited to tool use or other such typical humanoid manipulation of their environment, dolphins tend to be introspective and contemplative. Dolphins are valued in Starfleet for their outstanding navigational abilities. Some ships, in fact, including the Galaxy class, incorporate special facilities to accommodate uh, Cetacean uh, crew members and or researchers. Cetacean ops on these ships is where theoretical topics and navigations are studied in depth. So that's what I'm going to assume that doctor does. Oh my god, that guy's got the best job on the <laughs> ship. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my god. So uh, is that what that sh- that is that is that suit? Is it, they, they like send it out in front of the ship? Like ah, we're lost. I mean, that's uh, these are those are those are just renderings. And we renderings. never see it. Oh, why not? Scene sounds expensive. Yeah. Although Sequest did it every week. Well, that's what I was thinking. It probably also would be silly looking to see a dolphin in space, but it sure makes would me be. so happy. Darwin. <laughs> Darwin. Did you like that show? Yes, I did. It was Star Trek Underwater. And it had fucking Roy Scheider in it. Roy Scheider was great. Is he alive? He's a good limp. Uh, passed away 2008, I think. Uh-huh. I had a small run-in with an aspiring sprinter. Number one. Problem, Captain. Yeah, more curiosity. For the past few hours, we've been tracking faint energy readings in an attempt to locate its source. It's like following a trail of breadcrumbs. The pathfinder led us here and then stopped. Which is what I knew would interest you. Ooh. A lot of connection going on there. A lot of chemistry. It's really like... I feel like sometimes Picard catches Riker gazing off. Sure. And goes, thinking about Aldea again? (laughs) I sure am, Captain. Someday, number one. Someday. And they finally... What's our position, Jordy? The Epsilon Minos system, sir. Thank you, Captain. You're right. I wouldn't miss this for anything. What's so interesting about this system? Aldea. <laughs> Aldea. What? Everyone everyone is looking at him. Huh? Like we're like the audience is looking at the screen. Right. I'm surprised you haven't heard the stories of Aldea, the wondrous, mythical world like Atlantis. This is all ADR. Nine minutes of advanced culture, centuries old, self-contained peaceful, incredible technical sophistication providing the daily needs of all the citizens so that they could turn themselves over to art and culture. Where's it supposed to be? That's the myth. Somehow, as the legend goes, the Aldeans were able to cloak their planet in darkness and go unseen by marauders and other hostile passers-by who might rob and plunder. (laughs) What a wonderful fairy tale. Scanners still... Wait, 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 I feel like we, I would just play this whole fucking scene, but 
You do. I, I did have a question, which is yeah. how many episodes begin, or maybe this isn't uh, accessible offhand, without a captain's log? It was very weird, right? Yeah. It did. Uh, the captain's log does not come until after the credits happen. And even then, it's not Seems particularly... Like they, oh, I guess that they, they didn't want to put it because they basically, he just would have been saying, we found something. I think you could just say, we, Commander Yeah, and then we can cut the whole thing, although you need to see that kid. Well, you want to see... I think you they, have to set the kid up. They wanted to see Riker's reaction to Eldea. The shield is electromagnetic. Comp- Sorry, I'm trying to play the uh, captain's log so we can sure. all be on the same terrible page. <laughs> By the way, uh, while you're finding that, yeah. um, I think because it was such a slow beginning, <laughs> I was noticing some of the credits for the first time. Oh, go ahead. Rick Berman was only the supervising producer in the first season. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yep. That guy really... Warmed his... I mean... He carved, he his carved out position. a niche. He really he re- did it. He sure did, Andy. Became the mastermind of the whole franchise. Took it all to the depths of fun. Captain's log started 41509.1. Either by chance or intent, we've been led to the planet Aldea, which appeared out of nowhere, hidden behind a sophisticated shielding device. I guess they would have had to lay a lot of plot into that. Into the... Explanation of Aldea. Captain's log, yeah. Yeah. So everyone's getting scanned on the ship. We don't know what's happening. Uh, they probe the they probe the children. Yeah, they scan their faces. Um, don't we? Don't we? Don't they see the people first, or they don't see the people first? They do see the people first. Uh huh. Um, but here, here. Captain, Data, what do you read? Some sort of scanning device, sir. Didn't realize it would be such an annoying sound. Do not sleep to this, I'll tell you that. Shields inoperable, sir. All decks being probed in a methodical pattern, sir. All decks everywhere, the entire ship. Aye, sir. Can't read the commander, we're being blocked. Wesley? You all right? It was scary at first. But I didn't really feel anything. Sir, similar incidents, all decks. But only with the children. Mm. Only with the children. Now they already—they haven't already taken Riker, or have they? No, because oh. that's always that's a funny moment to me. Um, when they take Riker, when they—what is going on with this? Uh, they. Sorry. It's okay. We're all here to be friends. <laughs> They take Riker, mm-hmm. Beverly, yep. and um, Deanna, right? Deanna and I mm-hmm. know how to greet you properly, Commander. We value greatly. Oh, I was saying so the same thing. Did- oh, go ahead. Play your thing. I was playing what this you wanted. Chaos. Chaos on the bridge. Oh, you wanted, you wanted the... I just wanted his line that he says after they're swiped. <laughs> that Picard says... Ah, but you can take any anything leading up to it. Now here, amazing to exist only in that dream world of mythology, and then suddenly to be here, right in front of us. Now we know who placed the breadcrumbs. We're not here by accident. Counselor, do you sense anything? They want something from us. 
something we value greatly. So much that they're afraid we won't part with it. We're ready to receive you, Commander Riker, and two of your colleagues. Interesting choices. What does that mean? Uh, That's such an odd I thing. I think he's that was his passive aggressive way of going, why not me? <laughs> that, that actually would explain it. I'm the captain. Why wouldn't I be the one you want to pick? I do wonder why they picked them. Because I figured they didn't have enough lines in the episode. I'll tell you who's got too many lines in this episode. Everyone on Aldea. That is true. There's a lot happening. A lot of children acting in this episode. It's true. How did you feel about the children acting? Um, I thought Harry was okay. He was the main one. Sure. Um, the rest of them are kid actors. I mean, that redheaded girl, she really fucking turns on a dime and abandons her mother. Like, she is so into this new lady. Yeah. I think it's just rude. <laughs> It is interesting that she immediately, she kind of acts a little bit like she's got a plan. She immediately wins over this lady. Maybe um, she does have a plan. I don't know. I guess I'll just jump into it. The the Please. thing, the thing that to me is the, the the biggest problematic thing of this episode is thematically, it's about the value we put on our children, and this other race can't really understand it. And um, we didn't even hear an offer like. Well, the offer is just like, a tell million, us what you want. A million space bucks? Um, it's, he, the offer is uh, information about some systems they haven't uh, ah. explored yet. Uh, but then the offer comes from uh, Jerry Hardin, by the way, who played Radu, who's uh, better known for playing Samuel Clements, a.k.a. Mark Twain, <laughs> in the fifth and sixth season. Time's Arrow, part one and two. Good job. And uh, he also uh, appeared in Star Trek Voyager as uh, in Emanations, as Neria. And, uh, but as I remember it, as a Deep Throat in the first season of The X-Files. And an unnamed attorney in Big Trouble in Little China. That's exactly where I know him from, is The X-Files. Um, also, I mean, Time's Arrow. Whereas Rochella who I also was like, I know her, played by uh, Brenda Strong, uh, played Sue Ellen Mischke in uh, in uh, this memorable episode. Oh. Hi, Elaine. <laughs> Hello. I happen to be in the neighborhood, so I thought I'd stop in and thank you for your lovely gift. <laughs> oh. Welcome. Is anything wrong? Well, Sue Ellen, it's, uh, it's not a top. It's a bra. Oh, I know. Thanks again. So she, uh, she gave her a bra because she never wears a bra and she gets a lot of attention. And then it backfired on Elaine because she only wore the bra and a jacket. That was the, that was a name that would have taken me forever to pull. I knew the name Sue Ellen Michigan. Yeah, I think she's referred to in other episodes, but um, whatever the case. Uh, nonetheless, uh, none of that helped me in this episode. <laughs> All day in shield still up. Hailing frequencies open, no response. Keep trying. Counselor, you'll have to gather the patterns. They'll need to speak to you as well, Captain. Captain, your children are with us. My word of honor, 
no harm will ever come to them. Harm has already come to them. Captain, let us begin discussions regarding appropriate compensation. Compensation? You have stolen our children away from, away from their classrooms, away from their bedrooms, and you talk about compensation? You claim to be a civilized world, and yet you've just committed an act of utter barbarity! Captain, we will continue these Some discussions when you card yelling, down. of course. He's great. He's always good. That look he gives back to Riker and Crusher is like a look of like, why don't, why do we have, how many torpedoes do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Can't we blow people up? Um, it is, it is interesting to see, I'm trying to think how many of the episodes we've watched even thus far, because usually it's more of a prime directive issue where it's like, well, we could kill everybody, but we're not going to. And this is an episode where they really are overpowered. Oh, yeah. Um, and and over-technologied, whatever that's called. Um, so it's interesting to watch them kind of struggle with it. What did you think of the meeting of the parents? The irritating. It felt like I was at a PTA meeting I didn't want to be at. Now, we all knew what the risks were when we signed on, and that's the choice we made. Now, Captain Picard will do everything possible to bring our children back. Well, Dan's anxious to discuss compensation. Compensation? That will buy us time. I've asked Dr. Crusher to be involved in these negotiations as your representative. I didn't elect her. Why were these specific children taken? We can't be sure. We do know the Aldeans can't have children of their own. Then they won't let them go easily. I won't insult you by pretending that any of this will be easy. But I can tell you that the Enterprise will not leave them behind. You can be assured of that. Can we talk with our children? Give them some reassurance. Let them know that we are here and that they will be safe. Do you think he started a letter-writing campaign like Argyle? <laughs> it was like, come on, every ship needs an oceanographer. What about the dolphin thing? <laughs> Wasn't somebody talking about the dolphin thing? Um, okay so I mean it's a it's a real rock in a hard place situation yeah you know what I mean it it is narratively it's interesting like what what would you do if you're on a starship and someone stole your children but you were way overpowered by them uh yes that I like um what I don't like is what theme are they in the end heading towards really the most clear plot move that pollution that's the theme but that has nothing to do with children i know well it does i mean i guess for the future but that's that's not really what they're talking about if you turn that on then it's gonna play out of the uh, speaker he's touching my remote speaker oh no (laughs) um so uh, and and the, the I think actually what's even more frustrating is at a certain point in the episode they do take a plot turn that's like that's what the episode should have been about right which is when Rochella I think her name is Brenda Strong um, becomes attached to the to the little red haired kid mm-hmm. and she's like I won't give her away 
And so then these Aldeans are suddenly acting like uh, the parents on the Enterprise and and don't want to give up their kids. Right. Except, so then you're saying there then should be an internal turn that they make? Or that should be used. Maybe Wesley uses that somehow to get the kids free. I mean, nothing that is never addressed again. And to me, that is the center point of what they're saying is the value we put on our children. Where have you been, Rochella? Zena and Aran are waiting to take Alexandra. No. No. I told you that she... No, Radu. They can't have her. I will never let her go. That is, as far as I know, that's not touched on again. <laughs> nope, it is not. It is abandoned, much like the children. I mean, someone in that writer's room must have said, I don't know if we should play that music that suggests that something big is happening if we're never going to touch on it again. Also, shouldn't we touch on it again? This is the custodian. What does that mean? You may ask any questions you wish. Thank you. Duana, what does the custodian do? It frees us from all burden. It takes care of all our needs. It regulates our lives. Who built it? The progenitors. When? Oh, hundreds of centuries ago. This lady got crazy eyes. She does. Wesley, why is that important? It does what we ask it to. It always has. This lady definitely runs an independent bookstore in the valley. What difference does it make how it works? If you don't know how it works, then how can you repair it? Why would we want to repair it? From time to time, every computer, I mean custodian, requires maintenance. Wesley, Radu is right. You ask questions I can't answer. Ask the custodian instead. Custodian, can you show me where Harry is? Yes. Why not ask the questions you were just asking? I know. Who built you? It's such a Do weird scene. you need scene. maintenance? I didn't understand. He gets permission at the Show top of the, the scene. Show me the children. Why are you... What, what, what aspect of your culture makes you not aware of the value of children to other races? <laughs> Maybe that question. Oh, that would be very funny. But you know, that kind of what I feel like they're getting at is, oh, there haven't been because Rochelle is the youngest person on the planet. Um that they haven't had children in such a long time that they've lost the ability to understand people's attachment to children, but that's never addressed. We also have no idea how old they are. They could be hundreds of years old. I guess that's true. But then that's something that should have been put in, too. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. They could have written that into the script with words. (laughs) Uh, The custodian was voiced by an unknown actor. Oh, if you are that actor... Leave us a voicemail as the custodian. Oh, please. Uh, I feel like that is the same as the voice used by the guy who does the opening credits of uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century with Gil Gerard. But I could be wrong. Anyway, somebody find out who the custodian is. Thank you for getting back to us so quickly. We have an answer. The answer is... Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think of uh, Beverly's plan? Uh, Beverly's plan is scan the the 
the people down there, and mm-hmm. then they'll figure it, she'll figure out how to cure them. Yeah, in a very obtrusive way, in a ridiculous scene um, where she has Wesley, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I liked the way Wesley. I liked the way Will was acting in that scene. Um, I think that's a good plan. A lot of business. It is interesting that in the end, that is, that's not what. Is that what cures them? I guess that is, that is what solves. I mean, it the doesn't problem. cure them, but it's it's. No, like, I think she does cure them. She cures them. Cures well, them. She, she figures out what the problem is. Yeah, she's like, well, hey, turn off the shield, dum dums. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Anyway, what else do we have on this this episode? Uh, I had very few cues because I was just sort of so bored well, by it. Here, but I can about, go to my uh, next one. My next one's twenty two forty. Okay, I'm ahead of that, but let's go back to you. 22, four. we just played that. Uh, did we? Oh, I'm at 2021. Dr. Crusher. Dr. Crusher and I are ready, Radu. Are you ill, Captain? No, Dr. Crusher is a staff officer. Starfleet Regulation 6.57 requires that at least two staff officers are present during any treaty or contract negotiations. Very well. Not much on pleasantries, is he? Captain, I'm not aware of Regulation 6.57. No data, neither am I. I see, sir. Oh. I see, sir. <laughs> I think it would have been funnier if he had... I think he was emoting. <laughs> if he, if had, he had said what it actually was? Uh, no, if he had said it when when uh, Radu was on screen. <laughs> Captain, I don't know of a... <laughs> Captain, um, Regulation 657.3 is about the dolphin tank. <laughs> But here's my question. Picard makes up a Starfleet regulation to get Beverly down there, but haven't the Aldeans already scanned the Enterprise database so they would know that it's bullshit? Oh, they don't look at any of that information. The custodian does. Right. The custodian's not smart enough. And by the way, is the custodian the one who's telling them, uh, here's the solution, uh, steal other people's children? Is that is he making is the custodian uh, making that's the a choices good question. or is this guy Radu the one because Radu is certainly the biggest dick in the whole episode but well yeah I mean but he's dealing with the extinction of his civilization yes that's at true at any cost the man is trying to although why not just get some babies like he doesn't want to do the work what do you mean babies like just gets I'm sure there are infants on the enterprise well how would that have been less painful not that it would have been less painful, but he would have been able to raise them. But I feel like he's being lazy, and he's like, well, let's get some kids that are already, like, talking and shit. Yeah. I guess they could have been scanned. Well, first of all, obviously. It's like when I adopted Bo, I was thrilled that he was already housebroken. <laughs> I assume that it's a similar issue for production, that they don't want a bunch of babies. They want children that they can tell them, no, look cuter. Use your words. Um... But uh, let's see, let's, let's, the other thing I was thinking is, why don't you adopt what I'm sure must be millions of orphan children in the universe? Excellent, excellent point. Let's let's see what they're doing with the children. The shall we? Are dicks. Captain's log, stardate four one five one two point four. We are twenty hours away from Aldea and no closer to a solution. Their deliberate show of force pushed us out of orbit and could have easily disintegrated the ship. This is her. This now is hold it a little bit more firmly. One of the children. The guy got crazy eyes too, by the way. 
All the parents have crazy eyes. This guy is in a season four episode called Devil's Do, where he plays the head of a uh, uh, science team that is taken hostage by... Uh, uh, you spoil people. something. No, listen. You know, the, the, the world has a thousand-year contract for peace, at which time the devil will come back and take the planet. And the devil has come back to take the planet. That sounds awesome. What season is that? Four. Oh, Jesus. Perfect. Now think. No, think's not right. Feel the notes inside your head. Whoa, that's how you play music. I want to get one of these... Oh, Did no. Did break it? No, it's all right. You can't break this. I find that unlikely. Did, did exactly what I thought. And felt. Yes, it's a direct reflection of the music within. Now we just have to teach you to structure that feeling. Try it again. It's synthesizer music. She feels synthesizer music. This I mean, she's used. like, she's very good at this new instrument. Sure. All you gotta do is feel something. Like, Harry, when he's carving, the first thing he carves looks terrible. My instrument would, uh, would be playing some That's very beautiful. angry music all the time. Now, play something happier. Network executive. It's not the way I feel. <laughs> it's not the way any of us feel, young lady. The characters aren't happy enough. Uh, let's let's uh, when he tells them about dolphins. Okay. Oh. It's so alive and <laughs> graceful. What do you call it? It's a dolphin. This guy's got the craziest dolphin? size of all. You know, it swims in the ocean like a fish. Well, only it's not a fish. <gasps> a fish. We used to have those in our oceans. I've never seen one before. I used to live near the ocean on Zadar 4. My dad's an oceanographer. He says that, well... It does bother me that no one's from, like, Lake Michigan. (laughs) Well, Kirk was from Iowa. Kirk was from Iowa. Picard's from France. Riker's from Alaska. Nobody's from Newark. But, like... Jordy's from a different planet. Jordy's not from Earth. Jordy's oh really? Yeah. What is Jordy? He's in a he's in a different colony. Well, his mother was in Starfleet. He's and father was in Starfleet. He's human though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. human. Uh, he's got a problem. Oh, Jordy is from Earth. Uh huh. It's that the it's that the continent of Africa in the 23rd century is called the African Confederation. It's not s- separate from, or is it? What uh, you know? What I never, I never really even thought of it. What because I think in my head, Starfleet is so massive that it basically defines everything on Earth. Right. Well, I think the Earth is very small in the sense of like you could you know go to Disneyland Paris right now if I wanted to. Was that where you would go? That's where I'm going. How was it? It was great. How did it compare to regular Disneyland? Uh, it's um, or Disney World. Less people, wider streets, 
Less people because the French are like, we don't care about this. I think it's a little bit of that, yeah. Oh. Maybe it's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is this Mickey Mouse? It's like, go there, I'll have to eat that American hot dog. <laughs> I love an American hot dog. I bet they had a lot of wine there. Ooh. Disney flavored wine. They had, you know, that was a big problem when they first opened. They didn't have liquor. Because it was. That is, you're just setting yourself up to fail. You're setting up and a the theme French park in France. And we're like, not. what the fuck is going on here? How do I drink? You want me to look at all this brightly colored cartoon crap and not drink? Uh, all right, well, at least I'll light up my cigarette. No, no, no. What? Oh, that's a recipe for not making any money. Why don't they do a Star Trek theme park? They're crazy. Uh, they're supposed to be building one in Dubai. Why? Why is Dubai getting to it first? Because uh, they have the money. Oh, so they can just—it's just some Arabian Matt Myra over there that's like, I—I'm <laughs> I, going to do this. If, believe me, if I had oil money, uh, they had. Hang on, I'm going to look this up. This information right now—it's in Jordan. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh. It's called Paramount Park. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so weird already. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it was like ever actually built. <sighs> I don't know if it ever got Oh, it built. happened in the past? Well, in the past they were, you know, there was one point they were going to build the Enterprise A. Oh my god. In Vegas. Uh-huh. They were going to build full scale the Enterprise, and you it would be the hotel. You could stay in the Enterprise. Oh, my God. They were going to build it. They drew it up and everything like that. Um, oh, my God. But it never happened. I just had a, a, a nerdurism. <laughs> so, I guess... How could that not have made a ton of money? I wonder why they shut it down. They really ran out of guess? Guests? Uh, well, it was a number of things. Uh, the licensing deal was expiring. Um, you know, it was it was a whole. I think I went with a friend who convinced me not to wait. I think we were there. That is a bad friend. Yeah, I was convinced by my own self to not worry about any lines. And just fucking go and have a great time. Or maybe they were sold out or they were closed. Maybe they were closed when we went. We were going specifically for it and they were closed for some reason. I don't I don't like the it's a real downer that I never got to that, see that. That that is closed. It's really it was really my favorite thing. Imagine me. I have never even seen it. I and I'm just getting into the it. show. Now I'm sleeping to the freaking sound every night. <laughs> so this, Andy, uh I'm trying to bring this up for you so you can see it. This is what they're building in Dubai? No, this was what they were going to build in Vegas. Oh, oh, people, look it up. So beautiful. Why don't they do it? They're crazy. (laughs) More people would go in that than that friggin' pyramid. Yeah. Or Or the, I don't know, what are the other stupid things they have there? So many stupid things. There's a pyramid, there's France. Ugh, so dumb. Come on, guys, get it together. And and ask Matt and I to be your 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 Imagineers. 
So they're going to build a $1.5 billion Star Trek theme park in Jordan. Uh-huh. And, and I remember seeing news of this, and I and I don't know that it happened or is going to happen still. This like news of it was in 2011. So nothing has Seems happened. Like. So maybe it fell through, and Andy and I still have a chance to build it ourselves. I would love to know what the specifics are of what led to what Arabian prince is being given weird looks by the rest of his family. By like, I'm still building it. Movie park in in uh, Germany. Yeah, has a Star Trek roller coaster they've just opened. Oh yeah. Oh, it opens in the spring. Would you like to take a look at the trailer with me? Sure. Star Trek. I'm a little afraid of the scary Operation coasters. Enterprise. I have a feeling this just is going to be in German. On the curve. Okay, so it's panning across the tracks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Seems you can already tell there's a loop, which I don't like. I don't understand what this is Star has Trek about nothing this. Nothing to do with Star Trek. I guess it's one of those things where your feet dangle. I'm very confused by this trailer. Lots of uh, track footage. As far as we can tell, it uses the logo for Star Trek and nothing else. Uh, I think that's 100% correct. The Nuum. Im Fruhar 2017. New and fall of 2017. Wow. Uh, I made that up. <laughs> you convinced made me. Made that up. Don't know what that means. I kind of bought it. Uh, Andy, of course, will be first in line in Avatar World. Uh, I would be curious. It's part of your theme park minute on Star Trek, the next <laughs> conversation. I'm sorry for that. There was, a pe- there was also something. Have you ever gone to the Orange County Fair? No, I have not. Oh, oh I, yes, I have. I lied. I, there's a, I, have. I don't know if it's still there. There was a Star Trek thing there for a while. What was it? Uh, you walk through some hallways of, I think, next-gen era. Oh, the Star Trek experience. Yeah, yeah. Not the Star Trek experience. Sorry, the Star Trek The Tour. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't amazing, but it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to that when it was first put up um, in Long Beach uh-huh. at the Queen Mary okay. in the Dome. Uh, they had the Star Trek thing there. I took a ton of pictures. I have them all on my computer. Uh, you know, they built that part of sick pay. Uh, sick pay. Sick pay. <laughs> I need sick pay. <laughs> I need my sick pay. That's why we're striking. Um, they built that part of sick bay. They had a thing with the Titan, uh, which was Riker's ship he gets after Nemesis. Spoiler. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Let's he gets his own ship. He does. He that. becomes captain. I don't. I think there might be a couple of them at the end that you that blocked I, out from your memory, or didn't watch. Oh, I just would have blocked them out from memory. What is? What do you? What, what's your last clip? Do, 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 do. Captain, if you don't accept our terms, the Enterprise will be pushed so far away that by the time you return, your children will be grandparents. I just wanted to give a hat tip because that was a great act ender. <laughs> I really don't like this episode, honestly. A tip of the hat. Um, and uh, the fact that it, the repulsor beam blows it away. 
I think there was a lot of mention that they use it later in a Q episode. Or they used it prior in a Q episode. I don't know. My next thing isn't until 42. It's that good, huh? I didn't. I just didn't have anything to say. I, the last one, you didn't have anything to say, and I was sort of picking it apart step by step to the point where I think I was irritating you by the end of the podcast. Oh, sure. And this one, I've not, I just got... It's, yeah, just, it's so yeah. underwhelming, right? It's, it's mediocre. But it's not so bad that it angers me. It's just so meh. Right. It's meh. Oops, sorry. It is weird that Wesley organizes a hunger strike. Well, I mean, I don't have to play the theme if you don't want me to. So do I. But I don't want to stay here forever. Do you? No. But I like working with the wood. Harry, we all have to be in this together or it's not going to work. Okay. I'll just do this. Andy's theory. <laughs> Wesley's a psychopath. <laughs> He's telling the kids not to eat. That's his plan? Like, but I'm hungry. And then the little redhead tries to grab a piece of food, and she's like, no, no. We must all not eat. <laughs> crazy, man. And I got to say, a lot of people tweeted at me the same thing. I was thinking it. And you, uh, you all thought it, too. I'm tired of when the bow breaks. All right. Uh, it's just d- dealing with this douche Radu. You have destroyed us. This is when... We're not here to destroy you, Radu. We're going to help you. So they find a way. They don't resolve it with them, really. They just find a way to basically get down there and turn off the custodian terrible security on that custodian i don't understand if the custodian is sort of artificially intelligent why was he breaking down it's so old no one had maintained him all right so he couldn't do anything to defend himself uh great um effect of the sort of energy core which uh i saw a little clip um although they were calling the guy rob so i wonder if it was rob bowman but uh uh, Okuda designed it out of pieces from uh, other models, and they needed they didn't have enough money, so he figured I'll do a thing that looks like it's 100 feet tall, and then we'll sort of backlight it and put the light in it. It's just so, based on, like, lack of, of uh, budget, uh, it's just so beautiful and well-designed. <laughs> just saying that. It is, I mean, it does, it does look enormous. It looks huge. So then they walk in, and uh, also a good effect. What is it? That's Radu. The legacy of your progenitors, Radu. The source of your power and of your problems. It is reading incredible amounts of energy, sir. Even more since we have taken down the shield. What are we going to do with it? Learn all over again. All this time we've been destroying ourselves. Okay, so now this is in real time. He just said, you have destroyed us. And then a minute later, they just show him this thing. (laughs) And he's like, learn all over again. And he's preaching some more. So sure of our technological invulnerability. Now we must learn to use this power safely. Will you let us help you? Yes, please. 
he has been acting like a dick the whole episode. He's like, no, they're lying to us. Nope, take their children. Nah, you, they're being, they're being impractical about this. I mean, our race depends on it. And then it's just like, you've destroyed us. Hey, look, there's a thing. Yes, we must learn. We must learn to we change our to ways. We have to do this all over again. I'm just like, what? I didn't follow any of that. <laughs> Fuck these people. Fuck these people. I would say fuck Aldea. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. Fuck Aldea. Or Aldea. Whatever you say. Doesn't matter. Fictional. Um, that's all I... Uh, that's all we that's all got. got. That's really all we got. That's really all I got. I can't believe how short this episode is in comparison to all of our other episodes where we have so much to say. Right now we have nothing to say. I guess we might as well put a button on Harry, shall we? Sure. But I don't want to take calculus anymore. You can be anything you want, Harry. Anything. But you still have to take calculus. Okay. Thanks, Dad. It worked well, sir. We have successfully reseeded the ozone layer. (laughs) (laughs) What worked? (laughs) We did it. There's an episode. No uh, techno babble. There's an episode Nothing. in this uh, in the show where they do have to help a, a heavily polluted planet put their ozone layer back, and it's a very complicated situation uh-huh. where they have to like drill phaser. They have to phaser down into the planet to release heat from the Earth's core. Like it's a whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I love that in this episode, it's we have successfully reseeded their ozone layer, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> The, you know, what's interesting is... Although maybe there's Aldean technology they're using to help this situation along. I don't know. There, there are three things. There's the pollution plot that is just touched on and never really explored in any serious way. There's the, how we value our children, what our children mean to us. Does another race value them? They fucking bobble that. And, uh, and then this last thing you're saying... When they're talking about in this last thing, it's like you can be. I want to be an artist, Dad. It's a planet full of artists that have checked their responsibility, and just this machine decides everything for them. So it's like, do we let AI take over for us? Mm-hmm. And that's another plot that was like, it's another theme that is completely unexplored. That's another more interesting theme than what we got. Really, not, not satisfying. Not satisfying. Well, Andy. I think it's time. I think you're right. Or some other. Oh, yeah. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Well, what do you say? I gotta say a couple things about this episode. Okay. Some good performances turned in by Will Wheaton. Uh huh. Yeah, I agree. Um, good performance turned in by. Patrick Stewart, uh huh. Patrick Stewart, rock what solid. What he's given. I was going to say in a previous in the previous episode when he was doing all that ridiculous stuff at the end of Too Short a Season, where he's like, "Look, look at this picture. Look at this picture too." Even in the worst scene, that guy's yeah. gold. Um, but overall, not a fun episode for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one point five Andes because because I gave Too Short a Season one. I have to stick to my scale. 
of making too short a season worse than this episode, but not by much. What do you hold up as better about this episode? Because this is what I'm struggling More tolerable. With. Like, honestly, I found it more tolerable to watch. I think I found it more boring. Oh, okay. You can go <sighs> the other way. Guys, what should I do? <laughs> Andy, this is the future of uh, the end of the year. Andy's is really a half point. I'm quibbling over. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll give one and a half. Too short a season was pretty bad. Um, and now you could also give it one and say it was bad in different ways, but yeah. just as bad. I think I'm going to. I there really didn't like it. One, yeah. one, Andy. Yeah. It's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? Gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. What do you think? <sighs> Beverly Crusher. Yeah, because she figured out the what was wrong with them. She figured out what was wrong with them. She took an active interest in this case because <laughs> it was her son that was missing. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that I will say that it, the most valuable... Took uh, a long time to figure it out, as usual. <laughs> but yes. It's what she does. Uh-huh. Um, the only thing I'll say is uh, just analyzing the hunger strike... That is what causes them to then contact the Enterprise and go, we don't know what to do, which is the most moronic thing ever. Well, it's funny. It's like when you when a, when a parent leaves with the kid with their babysitter. Right. And the babysitter's like, why is this kid doing this? Right. I know they only said emergencies, but... <laughs> um, and then he also, he sneaks into the, the room. Yep. And he, and he figures out where... Where stuff is supposed to be, where where the with the way for them to beam in. It seems like a team crusher you're going with here. Yeah. Only so wh- how would we handle that, Wesley? You can say Wesley. I say. All right. Do we agree on a MVC? Is that what we're supposed to? No, do? we don't have to agree. Well, we don't. No. Okay. I say Wesley. I say. Although Wesley does take the thing and scan. He scans covertly. It, well, that discovering, was discovering. Yes, I mean discovering the sterility. It was Beverly's idea. But it it's was, Wesley that he pulls does the it execution. over. <laughs> oh man, I'm being swayed right now. <laughs> or is it Harry? <laughs> no, it's not Harry. <laughs> is it the dolphin on might deck seventeen? Might be the. Might be. <laughs> I think it's Wesley. Oh, yeah, you've, you've swayed me, Wesley. You have swayed me. Two Wesleys. Your impassioned plea to me told me that we must vote yes on Wesley Crusher. Two Wesley Crusher votes. Wesley is I think this actually away with this. Uh, he's not. Uh, some uh, One of our friends online let's see if I can find a fest uh, sent us an update and I think Picard was maybe one ahead. Oh, so they are in a dead heat right now. I think they might be. I gotta say that at the end of the day uh Card's gonna probably pull ahead. Well, he's in a he's in a an uneven position of well, be able to always be the 
he's also in all the episodes and Wesley is not. That's true. Ooh, I wonder if we should count that in. Oh, you're seeing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so Jean-Luc Picard uh, currently has 4.5. William Riker has 0.5. Oh, Riker, not doing very well. Data, zero. Jordy, zero. Deanna, one. Oh, wait, so the 0.5s. So we gave it to two people one week? No, I think we each... I don't know how they're figuring this out. This is from Brad Arrington. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's that we each gave a different vote or this is average. Maybe this is average. Series total MVC rankings. I don't know what that means. Hmm. Beverly Crusher has one. Tasha Yaro zero. Have we never given it to Data, Jordy, or Tasha? Not yet. No. Haven't we? We gave it to Data, right? You gave it to Data, and I talked you out of it. Oh, that may be. Whatever the case, uh, Wesley had 3.5. Jean-Luc had 4.5. Now, I don't know by this ranking if they're currently both at 4.5. Well, we'll find out at the end of the season. I can't wait for the big award show we're going to be throwing together. <laughs> Are we going to do it at Largo? The Andes. No. We'd be doing it for ourselves backstage, bothering someone during a How Did This Get Made or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, one would come, no one would come see this. We don't know. Hey. Oh, in L.A.? Andy, I've tried. We've done Nerdists in L.A. that no one came to. Really? Yeah. I feel like we got to look somebody somebody out there get your LA get your LA um it's not happening. I bet we could put it up at UCB. They got a bunch For of what? crappy shows. 25 people. Yeah, well the, I'm not going to feel good about that. Well, we could do it at 11 p.m. <laughs> oh, a built-in excuse. I love it. <laughs> well, whatever. Somebody the legend had... will die. But the people will live. And we know they'll make good parents. Do we? They don't. They, don't, they made some questionable like moral choices. A lot of terrible Deanna choices. Deanna Troy. All right. What? Oh, so we talk about the teaser for next week. Oh yeah. Uh, here we go. Um, that was from. Let's see. Um, Matthew Kirk. Matthew wrote in, suggested, wrote in. "Hey, what if you guys listen to the teaser for the following week's episode at the end of your episode?" So that's what we're gonna do. All right, here it is. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation, Data's in the hydraulics room alone, and we're hearing laser blasts. Invisible enemy attacks. What is it? Could it be alive? And a small but powerful life force is unleashed. Evacuating lab. Now it's growing. This keeps up, it'll tear up the Enterprise. And declaring war on the crew. It has the power to destroy this ship and everybody on it. On Star Trek, the next generation. Well, it sounds exciting. I mean, I can't tell you of a more exciting situation because that sounds crazy and i have no recollection of this episode we're in it we're coming we're coming up on episode 17 it's crazy uh are we not gonna uh, no, are we gonna, are we gonna die what's happening are we not gonna have a because we it's 26 episodes yeah okay we gotta have a guest before the end of season one right we gotta have somebody dragged into our what if our what if the listeners are like us. we don't want a guest we love you guys no they've already said they want guests they're tired of us oh they have said they want guests oh yeah oh okay we can do that <laughs> have you been 
waiting for the go ahead from them. Yeah, I've been bringing it up constantly. You, I, I don't trust. I them. feel like he's he's wanting. To, I was. I, I honestly, I feel like I'm the the girlfriend that he doesn't want to introduce around. <laughs> he's like, they, they no, it's not. They can't know. No, we don't. Around. I don't. Want, let's not bring Kamal or whatever the hell you're gonna get onto this. <laughs> um. What a what a time we've all had here, guys. We really have. I have nothing really to say. I'm just going to head into the cargo bay. I'm going to punch in these. Please input command code. Super uh-huh. loud. And I'm going to do this. Warning. Self-destruct sequence has been initiated. That is Warp the way that every podcast should end. Minutes. That's the way every episode should end. <laughs> That would 100% be the uh, be be the other command officer <laughs> agreeing to that. <laughs> All right, Andy. Uh, everything's fine. If you hear any counting, don't worry about it. <laughs> a minute. He said it for self-destruct. Oh. So long. Disengage. Self-destruct sequence has been terminated. <laughs>